This is Comic Shenanigans, episode 585, comic reviews for the week of Wednesday, June 6th. Welcome to the Comic Shenanigans Podcast. This is episode 585. It's our comic reviews episode for releases from the week of Wednesday, June 6th. And I'm your host, Adam Chapman. Every week I take a look at some of the releases from the previous week and give a quick rundown before we can, uh, you know, say goodbye to the follow the, the previous week and, and finally uh, start to enjoy the current week of comics that we have to look at. Uh, so in this particular episode, we are looking at releases from June 6th. Uh, some of the books that came out that I want to spotlight that I will not be talking about because I just haven't had the chance to read them yet include Ant-Man and the Wasp number one and Man and the Wasp Living Legends. Uh, that is by Ralph Macchio, and that actually gets mentioned on our recent episode where I got to sit down with him and have a conversation. So uh, I definitely recommend checking out that episode. It was a, it was a really fun fun listen, and I think a lot of people enjoyed that episode with Ralph Macchio when he talks about writing this particular issue. A uh, new issue of uh, Captain, sorry, uh, yeah, Captain America, Cyborg, uh, Dazzler, X-Song, Deadpool, Deathstroke, Doctor Strange, Green Lanterns, Hunt for Wolverine, Weapon Loss number two, Infinity Countdown, Immortal Hulk, uh, Immortal Hulk number one, I should say, Justice League number one as well, uh, new issue of Nightwing, Spidey Schools Out, Star Wars, The Man of Steel, uh, The Unexpected, Weapon X, Wonder Woman Annual, X-Men Gold, and X-Men Red. Uh, now, in terms of the books I did read, let's, uh, let's take a look. First, we have Astonishing X-Men number 12, which is the end of Charles Sewell's story. It's a man, it's a man called X-Finale uh, by Charles Sewell and Rafa, I believe it's Gerardo Sandoval. Sorry, I almost called it Rafa. Uh, I believe it's, yeah, Gerardo Sandoval. Um, I found, this is tough. I think I like the story. I found the artwork by Sandoval not necessarily to be the best fit. Um, he has very over-the-top, exaggerated style, and I think that might have worked better in a different book. I think he does better when there's action scenes. There's not as much action in here. It's a lot more about you know the psychic mind, you know, mind, and you know even the the shots at the beginning of the issue where you have like the full shots of each character. I don't know if it really they really had enough for me. Like I felt like either he looked rushed or didn't quite have the detail I may have expected, and um, I just I wasn't totally sold in the artwork. Um, I thought the story was good, not great. It just felt like, you know, after all this time, like we're, you know, ending this storyline with X, and I just, I, I felt like I thought that Sewell had a better concept of where he wanted to go with it, and I don't know if bringing the Shadow King back in this particular issue as kind of the, the Act 3 really worked enough for me there. Um, and the whole idea of him hatching out of his head was kind of weird. I don't know. I... I guess I thought it was okay, but I don't think it was great. I think I think I'll give it maybe a three for story and maybe a two and a half for art. So I, I'm going to give it a, a five and a half overall. And maybe that's a little harsh, but I just found like I was I, was, I wasn't that interested. I've, um, the story again felt like you know just hitting some more of the same beats. And now that we're kind of pushing X on his own kind of trajectory, he'll do be able to do his own thing going forward. And I I don't even know if I necessarily care about that. Like. I don't know. It's it's just it's a weird concept, and I think it can work. I just uh, I think it's one of those things that you, know, you kind of have to see how it plays out later to really be able to assess it because it just kind of sets up a new blank slate, and I don't know how I feel about it. Um, and again, I just thought the artwork here was not the best fit. Uh, next up is Batman Forty Eight. As we get closer and closer to the wedding um, between Batman and Catwoman, obviously, uh, this particular issue, um, pretty thrilling, pretty exciting. Um, you know, Batman and Joker have a bit of a throwdown and, and when I say a bit of a throwdown, it's, it's a big throwdown. 
And it's pretty cool, and it's a scary Joker, and he's definitely crazy. It's an interesting fight between him and uh, and Batman, and uh, I, yeah, I thought it was pretty cool, and again, very creepy, and uh, yeah, I thought it was really well done. This this definitely felt like you know Tom King had a really specific idea here, and Mikael Yannon brilliantly illustrates it. And uh, this is the Best Man Part One. I'm excited to see where it goes from here. Uh, this was really, again, it was entertaining, it was thrilling. His 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 Joker definitely takes a little bit of getting used to because it, it doesn't quite feel right, but it, it still feels in the right wheelhouse of being the Joker. Uh, everyone has, you know, slightly different takes on the character. I'm going to give it an 8.5. I think it was pretty solid uh, and enjoyable and, you know, fast-paced um, and, you know, in, but heavy stuff and, and good. Uh, next up is Batman Prelude to the Wedding. Um it's uh, you know Nightwing versus Hush Part One, but it's really it's Part Two of this prelude to the wedding. Kind of a weird way of marketing the series. Uh, this is by Tim Seeley and artwork by Travis Moore, with Otto Schmidt doing the epilogue art. Um, this was kind of a, a kind of a. I, it started out being a much more kind of a silly, and I, I don't know if I can imagine Clark ever being like, "We're going to throw Batman a bachelor party." Like it just doesn't really feel right, and it definitely has you know kind of a Silver Age mentality. You have. Um, a Superman robot uh, being a limo driver. He actually has a thing on him that says limo driver. They're going to the Bat Burger. You know, it's it's Nightwing, Batman, and Superman are like out to go eat together. Uh, there's a, a girl dressed like Carrie Kelly, uh, Robin, as well, at the restaurant. So, like, that part was kind of fun and cool and, and different. And you have a lightning door that Superman has so that they can go to a pocket universe and just some, spend some time together uh, and just kind of get away from it all. And then Hush shows up with a ridiculous belt that has H's on both sides of a weird belt buckle for some reason. Uh, wasn't really a fan of that. And I just felt like Hush used to be something, and now he just felt very... Like the fact that he goes up against Nightwing, the entire issue kind of says something. They end up in this weird kind of nightmare realm. Um, and we get the kind of reveal here that Tommy Elliott now looks like Nightwing. So instead of looking like 10 years older, he looks 10 years younger. I don't know. I just found that a little bit weird. Um... I did kind of like the uh, the ending of the issue where we set up the next issue with the Riddler, although I read the next issue and I feel like it didn't really pay off uh, how creepy this was at the end here with the Where's My Invitation um, being kind of written out in blood, which was cool, but again, it was not it did not end up really getting paid off in the following issue. Uh, I'm going to give this a six. Um, it was okay. I just, I don't know, the, the writing left a little bit to be desired. Uh, it wasn't a great Nightwing story or a Hush story. It really diminished Hush for me. The art was, it was good, but it was not great either. Like it was solid, but it, you know, it was a solid single. You know, like it, it wasn't getting a lot of work done, but it was okay. Um, so, you know, so I'll give it a six. Uh, next, we have Ben Riley, Scarlet Spider number nineteen, otherwise known as the book. I'm not always sure why I'm buying it. Peter David and Will Slaney. Uh, wait a minute, that can't be right. Okay, there's obviously an. an a, 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 an issue here with the art, because this is Will, not Will Slenny's art in any way. This is a completely different artist. I can't remember, but they've done issues before. And uh, I'm just not a fan of this artistic style. It doesn't work for me. I don't like the, the colors that much. don't like the the pencils. Um, I, it find, I find it disappointing. I thought it was a you know okay story, a little bit light but by Peter David, but it wasn't bad. I would give it maybe like a three and a half out of five for story, but the art I would give like a one and a half so I'm going to give this a five and then again that's just 
the way I used, I remember when I used to do reviews for Comic Stream way back in the day, that's how we did them. Kind of doing a, at least the way I was focused on it is that I did a, an art score, a writing score, and then a composite. So, uh, as a result, I'm going to give this a five. I just, I don't know why I read it sometimes, and I keep thinking that it'll be better. And the story wasn't bad, it was just the art was atrocious and just a, a bad fit. And last but not least, we have Cloak and Dagger, number one. This is by Dennis Hopeless, our work by David Messina, and I loved it. I thought this was great. Um, I don't remember the last time we saw Cloak and Dagger in the comics, but I like this idea here that they're kind of on a break from each other, that Dagger doesn't want Cloak around, and her kind of, you know, being kind of like a freelance detective and kind of, or like helping out the police is kind of cool. Um, I was really kind of digging this. I like the vibe. I like how the characters are being written. Um, it seems like a very kind of different approach to the characters. Uh, very grown up. Um, I really liked it. I'm going to give it an eight. I thought it was a very solid debut, and I cannot wait to read more. I think it was a, yeah, a very solid issue. So that's all I'll be talking about in this particular episode. Uh, next week, some of the highlighted releases. Well, for sure, I'll be talking about Peter Parker, The Spectacular Spider-Man 305, as well as Batman Prelude to the Wedding, Batgirl vs. Riddler. And then there's a lot of other books that I, I don't know which ones I'll, I'll end up talking about, but some of the releases include Darth Vader, Detective Comics, Domino, Exiles, a bunch of these I'm just issues behind, Hawkman number one, Mar- Marvel Rising, Alpha number one, Marvel 2 and 1 Annual number one, which I'm hearing a lot about. Uh, people seem to really dig it. Old Man, Old Man Logan, uh, the launch of a Plastic Man miniseries by Gail Simone, which just sounds awesome. Uh, Quicksilver, No Surrender, number two. Spider-Man Deadpool, Suicide Squad, The Flash, I'm excited to read that. The Punisher, The Weatherman, Thor, number one, actually. Uh, Titans Special, number one. Venom, Wonder Woman, and X-Men Blue. So some good stuff coming up next week. Hopefully I actually have time to read some of it and talk about it on our next episode. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Comic Shenanigans. You can email me at comicshenanigans at gmail.com. Like the show on Facebook, rate and review us on iTunes, subscribe to us on iTunes, and also listen to us on Stitcher. Thanks again. We'll catch you next time. Bye-bye.